0: Once again, it's a great pleasure to be here at Old Union this morning. I came to Bowling Green in 1982, and uh, since that time, you all have been really good to me, and I appreciate your kindness. I've uh, had the privilege of of, uh, being in a lot of services with you all out here. And uh, I've always enjoyed the fellowship and uh, the spirit of the Lord. Um, I do want to say this too. I uh, appreciate Brother Hicks. Um, I don't know. I guess it was in the early 80s or mid-80s. I'm not sure. I went to Alaska to help in a revival. And he was about probably... Three years old maybe four years old at that time I'm not sure Uh, but uh, he gave me his bedroom for the time that I was up there and uh, we uh, we had a lot of fun playing together you know as well as going to church together and uh, of course I've known him uh, and his mom and I knew his dad well And uh, Brother Hicks is a fine young preacher, and uh, he's doing a good work here at Old Union. Now, that's my observation from on the outside, and I'm sure that you agree with that, that he is doing a fine job, and we want him to be blessed, and we want his, his labors to prosper. We want the lost to be saved and born into God's family. Um, I want to try to speak to you, and I'll try not to be lengthy. I, I don't have the physical strength that I used to have, so I kind of wear out. But um, I want to speak to you today as though you had never heard the gospel before. Um. There are a lot of people in the world who have never heard the gospel. And there are a lot of people who have rejected the gospel. But I want to I approach my subject today as though you had never heard the gospel. I mentioned a while ago about not having a burden for pastoral work now. That has been my life pastoral work has been my life but um, back in August of last year uh, the Lord uh, released me from that burden I didn't know I was going to have COVID I didn't know I was going to be sick you know and and, uh, not be able to do anything for months you know but the Lord freed me from that and I offered my resignation to the church. And uh, uh, just in uh, about a week, I came down with COVID, you know. So anyway, I don't have the burden for pastoral work. I'm still interested in every church. I want you to know I still love the churches of the Lord Jesus. And I want every one of them to prosper And I would like to be of help to them. Uh, But I don't have that burden uh, to serve as pastor. But I still have a desire to share the gospel with people. The Apostle Paul, in the first chapter of the book of Romans, uh, he uh, was writing to the, uh, the Christians in Rome, And uh, he was sharing with them his feelings. He had a desire to come and visit them, to be with them, uh, and to uh, uh, be of mutual benefit to to them. And uh, he said, I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor. I feel like today that I'm a debtor. I was hoeing tobacco. I was 16 years old. Had a gooseneck hole in my hand. Going across the tobacco patch. Chopping the weeds down and pulling the dirt up around the plants of the tobacco. And God spoke to my heart. And he let me know that he wanted me to preach the gospel. I still feel indebted. I I feel like I need to do that. Now, Paul said that he was a debtor to both the Jews and also to the Greeks. And that included everybody, didn't it? The Jews and the Gentiles. It didn't make any difference where they were located what their circumstances may have been, he felt like that it was his responsibility to try to share the gospel with them. And he said to them, so much as in me is, I'm ready to preach. I know I don't have the ability that maybe I once had. And I'm not bragging. I mean, I can't remember like I used to. I can't quote like I used to, but I still feel the weight of responsibility that rests upon me as a servant of the Lord. And Paul said, So much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so I'm not ashamed today of the Lord Jesus. I'm not ashamed to be a Christian. I'm not ashamed to be a member of the Lord's church. I'm not ashamed uh, of what the Lord has done for me. I'm ashamed of some of the things that I've done, you know, as a Christian. But I'm not ashamed of what the Lord has done for me. And uh, so as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach. I want to preach. I read in the Bible, too, about uh, in the fourth chapter of 2 Corinthians where the Apostle Paul I made this statement that I'm going to read a lesson and talk to you a few minutes uh, in just a moment. But anyway, he said, uh, let me find that verse and read it to you. I'm in the first Corinthians and I need to be in second Corinthians. Um, So he said, therefore seeing we have received this ministry i didn't decide that i wanted to be a preacher but the lord called me and i received the calling it came from him and so like paul and uh, certainly i don't i can't compare myself to paul in any way except Perhaps in the calling. But he said, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we've received mercy, we faint not. And there's a reason why it's so important that we do this. Uh, He said, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Now, there may be several people in this audience today that's lost. Perhaps every one of you have been saved. I hope you have. But if you haven't been saved, I hope you'll listen to the things I have to say today. Because it's very important. Uh, It says, uh, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of uh, Jesus Christ uh, shine into their hearts to give them the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So uh, he said, we preach not ourselves, but we preach Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. And uh, we are all servants, aren't we? We're to serve one another. We're to serve the church. But also, we are to render service even to those who do not know the Lord and especially we need to try to help them. So Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He said when he came to the uh, to Corinth to preach the gospel, uh he said uh, that he uh, came not with excellency of speech nor of wisdom declaring uh, the testimony of God or the Word of God. The Word of God is the testimony of God. The Word of God is the mind of God. If you want to know what God thinks about uh, any subject, you can find in the Bible what He thinks about it. It is the testimony of God. He said, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus changed his life. Uh, He was a bad boy. He was a blasphemer. Uh, He did injury to the church. People who were saved, he would have... Uh, arrest and put in prison and even consented to the death of some of them. But one day the Lord Jesus spoke to his heart and Jesus brought conviction to him and he was on the road to Damascus And he fell to the ground. And he said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? And right there, the Lord changed his way of thinking. He not only changed the way he thought, he changed his heart. He had a different attitude uh, toward people that had been saved. And so Paul said, when I came down to Corinth to preach, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus. Because he knew that Jesus was what they needed. And so he said, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom But it was uh, in demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God. Oh, there's power in the Word of God. Paul says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, he said, The Word of God is quick and powerful, it is sharper than any two edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God is so powerful. It is the power of God unto salvation, as I've already said. And so having said these things, I want to turn to the uh, 17th chapter of the book of Acts and read a lesson for you today and then talk to you uh, just for a few minutes of time. I want to start in the 22nd verse. Paul had gone to, he was on, well, those missionary trips, And uh, he had some brethren with him, but there were some others who were going to join him. And he was waiting for them to arrive. And so uh, he uh, saw the whole city of Athens that was uh, totally given to idolatry. And it stirred him in his spirit. I guess he thought these people are like I used to be, you know. And uh, I know what Jesus can do for them. And so he was troubled about it. And uh, he began to speak with them. There were people who spent their time in nothing else than uh, hearing or telling some new thing. And so Paul had the opportunity, and he began to talk to them about Jesus Christ and about the resurrection from the dead. They had never heard that before. You know, there are people, I said already, that have never heard that. You say, surely not in uh, the times in which we live with all the communications and, and all of the technology in it. Surely everybody has heard. Now, I believe there are people who have not heard. No doubt in some of our large cities, there are people who have never heard. Maybe in places around the world, People who have never heard what a wonderful story it's more than a story. you know it's the truth of god's word anyway uh, he uh, he talked to him about Jesus and his resurrection from the dead. And they said, we'd like to hear more about this. And they took him to the Areopagus. It was where they met, you know, uh, the council, the officials, they met together and where they conducted business. And they went and uh, they wanted to hear more about the Lord Jesus and about his resurrection. And so, verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. Now here's his message. God that made the world and all things that are therein, seeing he is Lord of all, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. I left out a word, seeing he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things and hath made of one blood all nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitations, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is likened to gold or silver or stone Gräven by the art and man's device. And the times of this ignorance God winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Now I'm going to stop there. And uh, I want to talk to you today about and use this subject. Something I can feel. Something I can feel. There was a group that recorded a song entitled Something I Can Feel. And the lyrics in the the course at least uh, says something like this. Something I can feel. Something I know is real. In troubled times, it's peace of mind. A hand to hold on to. Uh, This uh, peace He put within my heart. It's something I just can't conceal. For when He saved me, He gave me something I can feel. You know, uh, we're living in a time. There's all kinds of religion, of course, but we old-fashioned Baptists, and and I'm not ashamed to be called an old-fashioned Baptist. We believe that salvation is real. We believe that it is something that you can feel, that you can know about. You can know the time and the place when God, for Christ's sake, forgives your sins. And I want to tell you how you know that today, uh, if I can, by the help of the good Lord. Now, these people, they were religious Very religious. In fact, they were uh, uh, excessive in their uh, religion. They even, uh, you know, they had gods that they had made with their hands, and and they had them named. Uh, But Paul said he found an altar that had an inscription on it to the unknown God. And he said, I want to preach him to you, the unknown God. And he reminded them. They, Mel, I said, reminded. Maybe they didn't know it. Maybe in their ignorance. Maybe they thought that they had just evolved, you know. Oh, but listen. Uh, humanity did not evolve from anything. God made Man. God that made the worlds and everything that is therein, seeing he is Lord of heaven and earth, he dwelleth not in temples made with hands, and he's not worshiped with man's hands, as though he needed anything. God is sufficient. Uh, and he, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, in the, seven, uh, the 90th division of the Psalms, uh, he's, and I can't get it started, but I can turn to it, and maybe I can find it quickly. And this is what he says in that 90th division of Psalms. He said, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before, he said, the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst made the earth uh, and the, the sea, from everlasting to everlasting thou art God. God made man. God gave man life. God has sustained men's lives down through the years. And God has uh, provided a means for them to be saved. You say, what do you mean be saved? Well, uh, the Bible says in Romans 5 and 12, As by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so... Death hath passed upon all men because all have sinned. You know, Adam was created in righteousness and in holiness. Uh, He remained in that condition until he disobeyed God. God gave him a command, he disobeyed, and he became a sinner. Because sin is the transgression of the law. That's what made him a sinner. He broke God's law. And the Bible says in Isaiah 53, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And he said that the Lord hath laid upon Jesus Isaiah says him, but the New Testament clearly identifies him as being Jesus. The Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. God provided a way for sinners to be saved, to be delivered from the penalty of sin. Well, what is the penalty of sin? The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. It is death. Not only physical death. But there is a second death. And the second death is an eternal death. Uh, It is uh, uh, death. Eternal death. In the lake of fire. That burns forever and ever. But God hath made a way for men to be saved now he talked to him about God and he said he made the worlds he made everything therein he made of one blood all nations of people to dwell on the face of the earth you know uh, after I had COVID I had a esophagus bleed and I woke up in the middle of the night And I was so sick and I passed out and they called the ambulance and they took me uh, to the medical center and uh, determined that I had an esophagus bleed. but I had to have transfusions. They gave me blood and uh, I didn't ask any questions, where'd you get this blood? It didn't make any difference if it came from a black man, a white man, a red man, you know, make no difference. God made of one blood all nations of people to dwell upon the face of the earth. And so it says, and God appointed, uh, determined the times before appointed. And the bounds of their habitations. That they should seek the Lord. You know it's the will of God. That people seek the Lord. And let me tell you who the Lord is. The Lord is Jesus. That's his name. Acts chapter 2. The Bible says that God hath made Jesus, both Lord and Christ. He's the controller of this universe. He is Christ. He is the one and the only one that could make a suitable atonement for sin. There is none other. There's only one Savior. And so Paul, he preached Jesus to these People who had never heard about Jesus. Now, he said that they should seek the Lord and feel after him. Feel after him. Now, you can't touch God with your hand. You can't feel after him with your hands. You know? But you can feel after him with your heart. It is with the heart that man believeth unto righteousness. And it's with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. You see, the uh, uh, salvation comes before the confession. Um, And so he made a way. So where we can feel after him. I want to try to make this as plain as I can. He said that they should feel after him. If happily they might find him. Now that's that's the way that you find the Lord Jesus is by feeling after him. Um. And you don't do it with your hands, you know. You can't see him with your eyes. He is the invisible God. Um, he he is available, though, to everyone. I want you to understand the feeling part of it. Um, Jesus said this part of his message to Nicodemus. He said, uh, um, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on the Son hath life. And he that believeth not the Son hath not life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. He that believeth on the Son is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Condem condemnation, Um, guilt um, can be felt. Guilt can be felt. Um, You don't feel it with your hands, but you feel it with your heart. Condemnation. He that believeth not, If you haven't believed in Jesus, put your faith and trust in Him as your Lord and Savior. And you've already reached the years of accountability. Uh, I'm of the uh, opinion and the belief that you, when you hear the gospel preached, that you can feel the guilt of sin. Having... Transgress the law of God because you haven't believed on Him. He that believeth is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already. That condemnation is there. You know you're not right with God. You know that you need to be saved. So Paul says that men should seek the Lord and feel after Him. And find him, because he's not far from every one of us. You know, when you get saved, Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. You can't see peace. You can't touch peace with your hands. Peace is something that you feel. You feel after the Lord. Emotion, emotion, I I, I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. I have nothing against emotions. And I do know that when people, some people, when they get happy, uh, they show it in an emotional way. Other people may not show it at all, you know, from, uh, from an emotional standpoint. But the knowledge of salvation is not because of emotion. The knowledge of salvation is because of faith. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Faith, you know, trusting, it's more than just believing something. It's not a historical Belief, but it is a trust. You trust in the Lord with all your heart. You believe in Him. You believe His word. You believe what He said. You believe that He died for you. You believe that He rose from the grave. You believe that He lives. You believe the promises that He made uh, that if you believe in Him, He'll save you and when you are able to trust that the peace of god comes in and when the peace comes in the condemnation is gone it's that's the way you feel after the lord you you can feel the condemnation before you're saved and you can feel the peace of god after you're saved and I'm glad that we have that Assurance today from the Word of God. I don't know how long I've been preaching, and probably too long already. But uh, Jesus told John, "You have to be born again." When you're when you're saved, a new life does begin. It's a new birth a new experience, a new life, it begins. And Jesus told John, he said, the wind bloweth where it listeth and you hear the sound thereof. You can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going, but so is everyone that's born of the Spirit. The Spirit of God that does that regenerating work in your heart I tell you, uh, when that wind, that spirit uh, regenerates your soul, you know about it. It's something you know about. Now, you might doubt it. You might doubt it's sufficient. But if it ever happened, I'm going to say you know it happened. You might say, well, I don't know whether that's salvation or not. Well, you might doubt it, all right. But I believe that if it's taken place, I believe there's a a knowledge of that. The forgiveness of sin and the peace with God. The Bible says, He that believeth on the Son hath the witness in himself. Um, The day I got saved, My mom laid down across the bed and went to sleep. My dad went to the field to work. And I had trouble because I wasn't right with God. And I was seeking the Lord. I was feeling after Him. I wanted to be saved and to know in my heart that I was saved. I won't tell it all. But I was sitting in the rocking chair. I wasn't saying words. But my heart was reaching out to God. And all of a sudden, all of that burden was gone, and I had peace. And I was happy. No longer guilty. No longer felt condemned. But I had peace And joy in my heart. It was in my heart. He that believeth on the Son. Hath the witness in himself. He knows about it. We become partakers of the divine nature. A child of God. God is my father. I was begotten by the Lord Jesus by God himself and I became his child an heir of God a joint heir with Jesus Christ and so because of that I have a hope I have a hope it's both sure and steadfast you see I haven't died and gone to heaven yet that which is seen Is not hope. I haven't been to heaven yet. But I do have hope of going to heaven. My hope is both sure and steadfast. It reaches within the veil. Where Jesus is. I've got a connection with heaven. Through the Holy Spirit. God speaks to my heart. And I'm so glad and thankful that God's plan of salvation is within reach of everyone. Is within reach of everyone. Now I'm going to close. I, I pray that God will bless the message. I don't know if it's been of any benefit to you or not. I preach what God laid on my heart. And I do know, I know that you can be saved and you can know you're saved. And I want you to know that the only way that can happen is by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid the sin debt, shed His blood, He made it possible. If you're not saved, I hope that before the sun sets today, that you'll know Jesus and the free pardon of sin. And you'll be able to tell your experience about God's love. Thank you. Somebody might be want to pray today. Uh, Brother Danny, could we have a verse or two of a, of a song? If anyone feels the need to bow and pray today, I want to give you that opportunity. While the congregation stands and while we sing. If the Spirit of the Lord is drawing you today, seek Him while it can be found.